Well, welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. It's the podcast that helps you translate President Trump. We take a deep look at the news of the day and the current administration. We also look into the deep cultural issues. Joining me today is uh, Richard Vetter. He is the go-to guy on higher education. He's the senior fellow at the Independent Institute and distinguished emeritus professor of economics at Ohio University. He is the founding director the Center for College Affordability and Productivity in Washington, D.C. He knows everything there is to know about higher education, what it's good for, what it costs, what value it has. His new book is Restoring the Promise, Higher Education in America. This is my go-to guy and a lot of people's go-to guy in higher education in America. He knows it inside out. Folks, as you're listening, if you have questions, um, send them to us. You know the website. And we'll pass them on to Rich and uh, Professor Vetter. Professor Vetter to you, folks, rich to me. And uh, and uh, maybe he'll be able to answer some. Great to have you with us. Thanks very much, Rich. Uh, Bill, I'm delighted to be with you. What 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 is the promise that needs to be restored? What was the promise of higher education? Well, I didn't pick the name for the book. As you know, you have marketing types who... Uh, it's only your book, uh, right? I know you don't get... Yeah, yeah titles, I know. Right? It's only my book. I don't get to pick the title of it. Uh, uh, I think higher ed, I think people always thought higher ed, it, it was the, uh, pro, uh, the way to the promised land, the economic promised land. You go to college, you graduate from college, you're going to get a good job, a middle, you're going to lead a middle class life or better. Uh, it, the worst case scenario is you're going to be living in a, a middle class uh, a suburban setting uh, and, and live, live well. And uh, that was the case for most college graduates, not all college graduates, uh, in 1950 or 1960 or 70 even. It is less true today. Forty uh, percent of, of kids who go to college don't even graduate. Uh, another a third of those who do graduate uh, take five or six years to go to school. And... Um, uh, and even those who are accomplished and graduate, even in this period of 3.7% unemployment, are worried about their future. As we talk, Bill, I have a kid sitting in my office who I'm going to lunch with as soon as we're done, who is brighter in hell. I shouldn't be saying this in front of him. Uh, who's a good student, almost a four-point average, and he's worried about getting a job because, well, for, among other things, he's got two liabilities. One, he's white. Uh, secondly, he's male. And uh, he, he doesn't know if he can get a job. And that's not uncommon among college students. Uh, What's his major? Student. What's his major? His ma- he's majoring in finance or something. Okay. Uh, right. And, you know, and he, he manages $8 million of the university endowment uh, huh. successfully. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the, the kid is smart. And right. uh, okay. I like and, and he can't get a job. Now, so that's part of the promise. And then there's the kids who go to school, and uh, they don't learn a hell of a lot. And you say, well, uh, how do you know that? Well, we, we have ways of testing people. We have, uh, there's something called the collegiate learning assessment that uh, is a yeah, fair to middling test, a pretty good test of, of looking at critical thinking skills, writing skills, and so 
forth. And uh, a big study uh, financed by the Social Science Research Council a few years ago said that seniors don't know more than freshmen, uh, don't do better on the test than freshmen, or very little better. At Yale, they do worse than freshmen. Wow. If you go to Yale, at Yale, you get negative knowledge. You pay 60000 bucks to go to Yale, and you learn negative amounts of information. Now, the I don't really there, They did this CLA there? Yeah, yeah, they. I think they did the CLA there. I better be careful about Yale. Yeah, I know, I know there was a group called the Intercollegiate Studies Institute uh, that gives us something called a civic literacy test. I know that's true of Yale with respect to the civic uh, to the intercollegiate uh, to that. It may not be true. I may be wrong about Yale on the uh, CLA test. Uh, they did the but, CLA test. I know at Chapel Hill because I read that in your book. Yeah, and you know a lot of respectable schools, uh, you know. University of Texas, for example, uh, participates. A lot of schools give the CLA. So negative and learning so- or, or very, very little. Well, let me go back to the first thing, the first promise, because yeah. I have uh, quoted Vetter you over and over again. My own view, I wrote a book called, you know, Is College Worth It? Yeah. Oh, you, you uh, wrote a great book, Bill. And said, and your book was great, too. And, and I said, I said, you know, it, it all depends. But actually, people have challenged me. And they said, look, caterers, paribus, everything else being equal. Go to college and graduate, get a degree or not, you're going to be better off financially if you go to college statistically, right? By a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. There is what some call it the sheepskin of you get a piece of paper, and it is just a piece of paper. Uh, it used to be on parchment. Now they, I think, they do it on paper. Uh, you get a piece of paper when you graduate. Your your earnings capacity already goes up ten, twenty thousand bucks a year just for having that piece of paper. Uh, there's no doubt about it. There is a screening dimension to college. Uh, 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 that colleges, uh, employers are looking for people who are bright, who work hard, uh, are disciplined, uh, and by and large, college graduates do much better on those qualities than do non-college graduates. So uh, you you have an advantage if you have a college degree. There's no doubt about it. But you got to finish for one thing, right? But you got to finish, and you do have to pay a lot of money to go to college. And uh, uh, you know, we got philosophy like I did. No, you majored in philosophy, Bill. Although you were one of the, uh, I tell this to you, your friend and classmate at Williams, uh, Alex Pollock, also who a went on, major, who was a major, yeah, and he, but he became a banker. You know, yeah. he he ran a he ran a he was running a bank that, of course, went into bankruptcy because he was a philosopher. But still, you know, Alex, the Continental Illinois Bank of Chicago, one of the biggest bank figures in history. I, I tell. Alec, who's a mutual friend of both of ours, that, uh, you know, that the damn philosophy degree you got that caused you that bank to fail because you're fault, worried more right. about it, it. It wasn't his fault yeah. or philosophy. No, it, it was. No, no. Oh, no uh, Alex, no. one of the great guys. Alex, by the way, uh, this is going a little off, but it's not really off uh, a track. Alex is a great believer and have universities should have skin in the game. Right. If the universities are going to go out and uh, entice kids to borrow money to go to their schools, and then the kids flunk out or go delinquent on their loans, why shouldn't the universities be co-signers on those loans? Why right. shouldn't the universities have to pay a, a little bit of the uh, damage done to the taxpayers from all this? I think it's a good idea. 
me let me let me uh, give you the uh, the two things I know. I think independently of Richard Vetter, but I'm not sure at this point that there's there's anything I know about higher ed that I'm not indebted to you for. But one is, I guess, it it doesn't say the the Vetter hypothesis. It says the Bennett hypothesis, which yeah. I didn't think was all that original or smart. But I'll, I'll take the credit that uh, the yeah. more the more federal money available, the higher tuitions will go. The reason I don't think that's so brilliant is even if you don't have federal subsidies, the tuitions are going to get higher. Because Americans believe in higher education, parents want their kids to go to college, and families are willing to put Granny and Aunt Gladys and Uncle John to work to help pay for that because they believe in it. And some of that is illusory. Uh, But it's a a deep, deep belief. In the, Amer- in the American heart. Yeah, the American people have an enormous faith in higher ed. It's like, uh, you know, some people used to buy AT&T stock because AT&T stock 50 years ago always paid $9 a share, which was 6% because it always was selling around 150 per share. It was a utility. And so people bought A&T stock. Widows and orphans bought AT&T stock. People go to college because it's uh, the AT&T of the of the modern age. Yeah. You want a surefire investment? You go to college. Uh, uh, you want your kids to succeed? You send them to college. That's starting to unravel a little bit, though. Uh, we, By the way, in the last three or four years, the earnings of kids with high school diplomas or less have been rising faster than the earnings of college graduates because we still... Yeah, we still need people, you know, to bag groceries in the store and be cashiers, and uh, we need home health care aides to help elderly people. Uh, Source, uh, you can't outsource plumbers, electricians, and uh, welders, no, right? No, you know, that's right. Uh, I, I think I'm a great believer uh, in these short-term uh uh, schools that offer certificates to uh, vocational, showing vocational competency, uh, coding academies, uh, plumbing. Uh, we need more plumbers, Bill. Right. We need more plumbers. Let's talk about uh, the elites. You mentioned Yale. Now, and I said maybe you'd, maybe you'd uh, argue with this, but I said in the book that I wrote with Dave Willisall, um, who was working for me then for $15 an hour, he was a he was a yeah. he was a BA in classics, and I think is that was, what you were paying, Bill? You were exploiting that poor guy. I, it wasn't I. It was a broadcasting <laughs> company. I sure was, but I had been exploited so long as a philosophy. Hey, that's major. the American way. I try to exploit all my students yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get them grading papers, right? I know. Anyway, he's now the chief speechwriter uh, for the Secretary of State, and uh, oh, he is. Yeah, he's no. Too, I was very impressed. I'm impressed with Dave. No, he's, he's a sharp he's guy. Great. But we said in the book, uh, we did this ROI, return on investment, made the point you just made, which is that if you add up you know, your earnings and what you spend for college, particularly if you go one of the privates, um, there's, a, there's a negative return for a lot of people. At the same time, I sure. said, if you get into Stanford and you're going to finish, go. Solely in, terms oh, absolutely. Of, solely in terms of return on investment because absolutely. the numbers are, are, you know, don't lie. 
So, no. uh, you know, sell the furniture. I, I tell any kid, so, any tell, kid. You go back to work, sell the furniture, get rid of the dog, go to yeah, Stanford. Yeah, exactly. Any kid who can get into Stanford should go to Stanford. Uh, ditto with Harvard and Yale. I would even the same uh, for Williams College. Uh, uh, yeah, careful there. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, just, that one. That one's. That one's a little more questionable. No, you'll sure make a lot of money, but at the political correctness there is. Uh, apparently, they found out of the hundred and twenty faculty or whatever it is that two of them voted for Trump. Something has to no, be done and, about those two. No, they, uh, they had two professors vote for Trump, so they got to fire him. I mean, it's, I mean it's, something it, uh, has to be done. It, no, it really is. And that's the other problem with higher ed is that, of course, we have in uh, imbalance. There is a lack of intellectual diversity in colleges. And that's not true everywhere. I'm at a, you know, a, a mid-quality state school, and there are a few of us old Fogies around who believe in markets and uh, uh, believe in uh, uh, conservative virtues, uh, uh, but 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 it's rare, you know. When you It'll when you go to your when you go to your university when you sign up, I, I was talking to a, um, a parent the other day, very conservative guy, doctor, and he said, "Well, yeah. we went to the college and we, you know, we registered and we picked our courses, we picked our pronouns." We, I said, "You what? You what?" So we picked you our pronouns. Program. Yeah. Pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> pronouns. That is how this daughter wanted to be referred to. He, she, mm-hmm. is it, Riz, Liz, you know, LGBTQ. Yeah. Uh, political correctness gone, you know, gone crazy. And But but but, but you, you've just covered that point. In the interest of time, can higher ed be reformed? How could it be reformed? Is there a chance, or is it higher just- ed? Can't, it, it, it's not going to be reformed within. I don't think much. Now I say that I uh, there are colleges around who are uh, setting the way. They're doing good things. You know about Hillsdale College, of course. Uh, that told the government, uh, "Keep your money. We don't want it. City We're going to do things our way." Grove City and, too. Uh, they do wonderful work. And Grove, yes. uh, Grove City and Grove City is a wonderful school. It's got a beautiful campus. Uh, if I had a kid that I was sending to school, I would have them look at Grove City or Hillsdale, either one. They're both good schools. Uh, there are schools. There's a school down in Kentucky, Berea College. It only accepts low-income students. It yeah. won't take high-income yeah. students. Yeah. And they're wonderful. They're wonderful. They give The tuition is zero. I mean, effective. Yeah. The effective yeah. Yeah. To make the kids work on campus to earn their way through, but uh, so there are things that could be done, but it's going to come from the outside, and it's going to take some nudging. And I, uh, I think neither one of us are very uh, sanguine about the possibility of government doing positive things these days. But uh, it's going maybe the government's going to be part of the solution. But I think uh, the private sector is going to have to uh, become more demanding about. Why, why, why people give money to colleges and universities is kind of beyond me these days. I mean, I, I, just, I see how we spend it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a, the, the best thing. But, you know, we both love universities, Bill, and we both think that they are an important part of our civilization. I do believe that. But we do need reform, and that means uh, that uh, the government, instead of giving money willingly 
willy-nilly to every student who uh, wants to borrow uh, uh, thousands and thousands of dollars with no commercial terms uh, associated with it. With that, that has to stop. So the student yeah. loan program needs to be radically reformed. That's yeah. Yeah. the first yeah. thing. That's the first thing. Pressures need to be put on it, and, and uh, it, it's not going to come internally, except for the good internal compass of some of the places, uh, inspired places you've uh, you've mentioned and, and, and a few others. Uh, it's just, you know, I just hate to see people waste all that money. And as you yeah, point out, yeah. 40% never finish. And um, that's a, that's just, that's just, just a shame. Um, if you do battle with higher ed, I mean, they're extremely powerful lobby. No, um, no, their lobby is uh, as strong as any in Washington. Uh, you know, the the one Dupont Circle, which is where they yep. they hang out, is this a single lo- location in Washington D.C. that I has the greatest concentration of people with power. I think you know, uh, uh, I mean, among the lobbying the let folks. Me, let me ask uh, you, you know, this: Let me ask yeah. you this: corruption in higher ed. Another dimension in the news uh, now is the these trial. I can't think of the woman's name. Mm-hmm. Who's yeah, from, I can't uh, either. from a sitcom, but Claude will have it in a second. She's decided to go to trial with her husband. Uh, Five hundred thousand yeah. dollars for uh, you know to to get the kid into USC. I think it was, um, you know, the lying about the rowing team or whatever it was. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I heard a lawyer this morning saying uh, she she will not be found guilty because on discovery they'll find out all these other corruptions of the university admissions and uh yeah she'll say what's it, it, the difference it, it, between this and and building a, a new dorm and laurie lofton is laurie lofton laurie lofton yeah yeah and you know, there is a point there I, the lawyers on this case uh, could have a field day with the universities uh and with you know others uh universities you know uh, it's common knowledge you can buy your way into universities there was a book written about it a decade or so ago called the price of admission uh, about Harvard, Yale, and Princeton, that if you give enough money to Harvard, Yale, and Princeton, $5 million, $10 million, something like that, uh, your kid isn't absolutely guaranteed admission, but you know you can get in with a lot lower uh, SAT score and a lot lower high school rank. Uh, and, I, and I'm not uh, faulting Trump, but you know, you know, how do you think Trump ended up at the University of Pennsylvania, Bill? Uh, he started at Fordham. Did you know that? He started at Fordham. He transferred to Penn uh, because Fred, his dad, gave uh, okay. money. Impeach him. Yeah. Impeach him. Yeah. yeah. That's what impeachment is. By God, if that isn't grounds That's for impeachment, I don't know what is. By God, we're giving the Democrats more ammunition. What are you doing, Bill? Rich? What are you doing? My God. All right, well, I must come clean since you mentioned it. There was a very funny movie uh, a few years ago about getting into Princeton. I forget what it was called, but uh, it, 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 the argument of the movie, the premise of the movie was no one gets in. You know, you just no one just actually yeah, gets yeah. in. <laughs> but, but you just talked about standards. Both of my sons went to Princeton. And people, oh, oh, people I assume. I love Princeton. I must say that. Well, I, let me tell you my that. favorite of let me tell you, yeah. I, I love it too. But most people assumed they talked to my wife and they said, "Well, Bill went to Princeton, so the boys went." I didn't go to Princeton. I, I never went near. No, it. no, no. You went to that uh, uh, little places. school up in New England yeah, called right. Williams. But let me tell you about my sons. They're both very bright, very successful. Uh-huh. But that's not why they got in. Their SATs were very good, but not top. 
Uh, yeah. Their grades were very good, but not straight A's. Uh, my yeah. older son was an All-American lacrosse player. And oh, my, really? And my younger son was a lacrosse player and a football player and stood at six foot five and weighed 260 pounds. Um, I always like lacrosse. I think it's a great sport. Anyway, uh, they had talents that the college and, and the way it worked at Princeton was that the coach for these various sports, you're probably familiar with this, got a few picks. He got, I don't know yeah. how many hundred points on the SAT, but each time a student was admitted who was below the average of the SAT, and my boys were really quite on the average, maybe a little below, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the 700 each category. Um, yeah. You know, the, they deducted from that coach's allowed amount. But when they bring up something like that, at a USC or a Princeton, is that going to get Lori Laughlin off the hook? You know, th- th- there's that. You know, I think it's going to help her. What about legacies? Uh, right. You know, my, my daughter got into Northwest. My daughter got into Northwestern. She was a good, like your sons, a good student. Uh, went to a good high school, uh, et cetera, got good grades. But she wasn't superstar. She probably yeah. wouldn't have gotten in except for the fact that I got in. Yeah, yeah. Now, people say to my older son, John, you went to Princeton, you must be brilliant. He said, I'm, I'm smart enough, but I have good stick skills and I'm fast. <laughs> <laughs> good he, stick steel skills, but I'm fast. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, self-knowledge, self-knowledge is there. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think the colleges are in a difficult place defending themselves. Uh, on this, yeah, no. uh, on, on, in these in these lawsuits, but the larger picture, the larger picture is: is it true? I mean, I want to be fair because the one thing I, I noticed before I came to the Department of Education, Rich, uh, I was chairman of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Oh and yeah, so, I remember that. And so, you know, languages and history and philosophy and uh, literature mm-hmm. and so on. And I, I'll tell you, lots of fun of international conferences. No matter what the field was, English literature, American literature. Portuguese literature, Asian art, American art, European art, African art, at the top of the field were Americans in American universities. I'm not sure that's such a tribute to how great our universities are as much as to how much money we have put into these universities to create some of the finest intellectual work, most of the finest intellectual work in the world. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. In the area, and by the way, in the field I know of where Americans aren't, you know, look at the Nobel Prize, even as politically stacked as it is, they still got to give it to a lot of Americans. Yeah, yeah, no. In the area of research at the highest levels of creative endeavor, uh, we are, you know, without parallel in the world that's that's it's it's kind of a strange thing we're the best of, it's the best of, it reminds me you know of, of dickens the best of times the worst of times uh the best of times is we have the best research universities in the world the worst of times is 40 percent of the kids can't even get out of college uh you know sure. i'll tell you a dumb thing you want to hear a dumb story I, yeah, uh, tell me a dumb story. Dumb, okay. Uh, and that was I was no. invited by a friend to go visit a little tiny college in the South. And it was because yeah. of a, a connection of a friend. And yeah. they said, I was Secretary of Education. Would you come and give a lecture there? I said, sure. And I went and I gave the lecture. It was an evening lecture. And before we went to Q&A, I had to go to the bathroom. So I excused myself. They said, <laughs> just go downstairs. But I went downstairs and I saw that there were all these classes going on. I thought, well, you know, I wonder if they might have canceled classes for the Secretary of Education, 
you know, so that students, because yeah. sure. no secretary had ever been to this college before, believe me. And I went upstairs, find it, think nothing about it. And then I mentioned it to my host. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's where they have the uh, classes on Tuesday nights. Interesting coincidence. Uh, classes on education <laughs> policy. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I said, you know, I'm not the delicate type. I'm not the sensitive type. But these people are downstairs talking about education policy and the secretary of education's 30 feet away lecturing and answering questions. Yeah. 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 Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, that, you know, yeah. yeah. So I, my wife thought, what idiots? I said, well, I'm afraid this isn't uh, a localized problem well, in higher ed. When we brought you to my campus, you had just left being Secretary of Education. We brought you to my campus. Uh, a professor in the education school wanted to boycott you and everything and right, uh, right. everything. But he was the first in line to meet you when you arrived at the auditorium to speak, you know, talked out of both sides of his mouth. So. Right. <laughs> wanted his picture taken with you so he could brag about that he had met with the Secretary of Education, uh, but, but he was condemning you out of the other side side of his mouth. So it's a point of for me, Rich, that I have been yeah. uh, my, my I have been invited to more campuses than anybody I know of, uh, at yeah. least up till 1985, and I, that invitation has been revoked more often uh, since 1985 than anybody. Oh ever. yeah, yeah. Well, that's that that that's uh, I you did the Northwestern. That I was invited to your alma mater by Jeff Will, George Will's son. And uh, oh, really? he said, would you come and speak? I said, I'd love to. And then he wrote me back and said, I'm sorry they turned you down. So there you go. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I, you, I, yeah I learned something. I'll give you a yeah. long list. All right, let's both take a oh. break. Rich Vetter, thank you very much. Uh, congratulations oh, Bill, on your fun. book. Always great. Yeah, let's get together one of these days. Yeah, let's okay. take Pollock out and buy him lunch since he lost his bank. Okay? Yeah, 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 right. yeah, we need to do that. Bye-bye. Right. And that just about does it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Be sure to tell your family and friends. Share it on your social media pages. Feel free to like me on Facebook. Search Bill Bennett. Follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can also email me at BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. 